Hi, I'm Darren Steele, and this is Think Queerly, where I help human-hearted creatives connect with their purpose to create more freedom, impact, and joy in life. So in the last episode, I offered a 2020 year in review or year end review, however you'd like to call it, a personal evolution process, a very straightforward five-step process to look at the insights and the meaningfulness, what happened in your year and how that shaped you to the person you are in this moment now. So not looking at the bad per se, not that you'd have to avoid it, but not looking at whether you failed or didn't do something looking at what you learned and how you've hopefully become a better person, more involved, more evolved, I should say, more understanding of who you are and hopefully what you want to accomplish and who you want to be. Now, I realized as I was thinking shortly after hitting publish on that post on New Year's Eve that there might be something missing that would make you fail at your goals, like maybe you've done in previous years. I've certainly had this experience. And I didn't write about setting goals purposefully in that last episode because it was a review. I want to make a funny statement. The thing is not the thing. The thing is not the thing. I'm going to explain that a little later on. But what I want to offer you in this episode is a coach's perspective on how to set meaningful, intentional goals for what they will make of you. So let's let's get into this. We're right in the beginning of 2021. I'm recording this in the first week of January. And 2020 happened, you know. We all have a story to tell about a year that is going to be discussed and analyzed by historians, sociologists, scientists, political pundits, and ourselves for many years to come. There'll probably be a refrain in a couple of years, where were you during COVID-19? Now, very often towards the end of December and in the first couple of weeks of January, you'll see on Facebook, you'll see on different in different articles and in particular on on Medium where a lot of personal growth articles are published, people will make statements like this is going to be my best year ever. Or they'll be offering from like a coaching or a training perspective how to make 2021 your best year ever, how to finally crush your goals in 2021 or something like that. Now I noticed at least from what I was reading, that that was noticeably absent. And I wasn't surprised. It's probably safe to say that most people are working under the assumption that 2020 is like carrying all of its baggage right into 2021. Because we all know that we're still dealing with the COVID-19 virus, and now it's variant, and we've got a long way to go with vaccinations, and... All over the world, we're seeing increases in infection rates and increases in hospitalization. So we have a long way to go. In Canada, at least, best case scenario is end of September that the majority of people will at least be vaccinated. And what does that mean after that? I guess we're going to find out soon enough as more people receive the vaccine over the coming months. And hopefully we witness a decline in infections 
and deaths. So that's just one of the many obstacles and hurdles to overcome. And these things are logistical. Um, they're human in the sense of emotional. They are they concern us because it's about our mortality and our, our freedom to do things. These changes that we're seeing in society, in in what we're allowed to do freely, uh, people that are you know intentionally choosing to ignore health rules or caring for other people for a number of reasons. So don't make it sound like I'm blaming people. And at the same time, we're witnessing this destruction of our ecosystems and animal habitats due to deforestation for more ground to farm crops or to raise cattle or to dig into the ground for precious minerals for mining or just for more places to live. We've got a lot on our plate as a human civilization for both our mortality, whether it be from COVID or whether it be destroying our ecosystem and climate. Now, as objectively as I could sort of phrase that last bit, it's not surprising that the slide into 2021 was a non-event for many people, myself included. My partner and I were in bed by 9.30. I mean, we were tired and the only fireworks that happened were downstairs on the couch early in the afternoon, if you catch my drift. We had a number of frank discussions over several weeks, um, end of November, early December, considering all the news, um, how things are changing, the directions from both municipal and provincial health officials about whether or not you should travel and family visits. And then we went into an even stricter lockdown. We had conversation with both sets of our parents, and thankfully, everybody was on the same page that it was right to stay home, to self-isolate and continue to practice social distancing and wearing a face mask anywhere outside of the home. Now, getting back to how I opened the show, that on New Year's Eve, I published your 2020 year-end review personal evolution process just a simple five-step journaling process to review the meaningful insights, milestones, and insights that shaped you in the year gone by. And then later in the day, I was just making some notes in my journal, and I asked myself the question, so what's missing from my 2020 review? I was first thinking about my own review, how I had um, recounted the year gone by. And it got me thinking about the article that I wrote and the notes that I wrote for this podcast here, specifically, how to plan for 2021 now that I've done the review. And if you've done your own review using my personal evolution process or some other form, what now? What next? And, you know, serendipitously, I received an email from a really large publication on Medium that I subscribe to uh, with a link to a list of their top 80 articles about how to plan your goals for 2021. And I thought, what? <laughs> 80 articles? Who has time to read 80 articles on, on this one subject? And if there was anything to be said about maintaining focus and direction, clarity and eliminating distractions, this would be the very last link on earth you would ever want to click because you'd just be going down the rabbit hole. Now, Of course, I clicked it because I wanted to see what it was about from like my coach's eye and 
just to get a sense of what the headlines, what the titles were. And they did a great job or organizing things into uh, different types of articles, like if you want to create a new habit, uh, uh, if you want to start meditating, or whatever the case may be. But I didn't read a single article. I wasn't interested. I didn't have the time for that. But like I said, I wanted to see what the titles were saying. Because that led me back to my my prompt, my question about my own review, what's missing from my 2020 review. And my answer was clear and and strangely satisfying. I wrote nothing about setting goals. Now, thinking through my question as a coach, like if I was working with a client, I then asked myself another couple of questions, like, how can I use my responses to my 2020 review to guide me in 2021? What projects am I working on that are still ongoing? And what processes, that could be habits or routines um, or particular tasks that are repeated, what processes are still in motion? Now, I have a mindset that, yes, I, I, I might set goals, but I'm always working more in the moment towards an intention. I am going to speak a little bit more about the word goals and why I sometimes find that bothersome and troublesome for me. But let me say this. When you move from 2020 to 2021, everybody gets all excited on New Year's Eve. People go out and party. There's fireworks. There's a celebration. Maybe people get together. They pop the champagne. And it's a big brouhaha. It's a ritual. The new year from December 31st into January 1st is a social construction. It's not a real thing. Just like time is a construction of the mind. We are quite simply ending what could be any day of our lives, going to bed and simply waking up into the next day of our lives. But we've attached a whole bunch of ideas and mental constructs and social constructs and emotional organization and familial bonds and activities and habits and routines to this day we call New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Of course, the personal development industry of which I'm a part, and I will admit I am guilty of having done a little bit of this in the past. The personal development industry gets its audience worked up with expectations about what they need to do and how they need to plan and, you know, get this done by the end of this week so that you don't lose a single day of the year. And they're speaking to the herd like a tribe of bison running towards the edge of the cliff. And I mean, if you don't question why you're doing what you're doing and you're just doing what everybody else is doing and you think that's what you're supposed to be doing, then the thing you're doing is not the real thing. Now, of course, many businesses are structured in such a way that the new year presents an absolutely new uh, financial budget, uh, a new employment management cycle for employee reviews. If you're somebody who does sales, you know that all the really big corporations are planning their new year marketing budgets as early as October and November. And you want to get in ahead of January, speaking to those people, getting into their head, 
trying to help them understand why they should be working with you so they can allocate their funds in their marketing budget so that they can press go at the beginning of the new year. And if you miss that window, you have to wait another year, maybe. Now, when I was in management almost two decades ago, when I held a position at Pink Triangle Press in Toronto, I had to follow a formal process of reviewing the year-end income versus expenses. I had to write up a full report uh, to offer to the executive director and the board of directors. I had to craft goals and objectives for my own role, uh, for my team that I managed. And then finally, I had to put together a new budget that would take effect in January that, of course, went back and forth through a number of iterations in conjunction with the other departments. So you didn't always get what you wanted. So these traditions and ways of um, looking at goal setting and setting down these parameters for quantitative results are drummed into most of us through some form of business. And the pattern eventually rubs off into other areas of our lives and often in an unconscious fashion. Now, many coaches will often launch some form of a new year, new you kind of program. And and why shouldn't they, right? Everyone is doing it. It's the time that people tend to think because of the tradition of the new year, let's start something fresh. Most gyms, of course, make their most money in January. People have just looked at themselves over the last month and think, oh my God, I overate. I drank too much. I've put on weight. I've got to get off. I've got to lose this body fat. Fine. I'm going to make this year my year. I'm going to join a gym. Now, unfortunately, because of COVID-19, at least where I live, I don't think gyms are going to be open till March or April earliest. So that's not going to happen. The COVID-19 pandemic has disrupted so much of our lives. But at the same time, we can look squarely at 2020 in our review and also understand what was normative, what was considered normal, what was a social convention What were we missing, even going back to the things about climate change? What was not part of our regular consciousness that we would like to be as we proceed and move forward into 2021? Because there's absolutely no going back to what was once normal, even on a day-to-day basis, but even more so with COVID-19, once we have either eradicated or fully controlled the spread of this virus. I ask this question, why not consider why there's so much fuss and confusion around setting goals? It's such a social construction that we're supposed to achieve, accomplish, succeed, quantify how much more we made, how much better we are, how much we excelled. And just because last year is over, it doesn't mean that my projects and processes, my habits, and all the other things I do on a regular basis are, are complete. It's not like everything magically wrapped up and ding, 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 done at 11.59 p.m. on December 31st, 2020. In my mind, that's a highly problematic precedent because that's just being stuck in a ritualized norm that 
sort of preaches this idea of, okay, we're going to start fresh, we're going to start over because it's a new year. But why would anybody want to do that? Why not keep building upon who you are, who you have become, and what's working for you? That's not to deny the possibility or the great reason for wanting to start something new. But I think so much of what many of us are doing is ongoing. And if we really look to our previous year, if we really look to what we have been doing and who we have been being, if we've been intentional and very conscious about that, we will see we are constantly building upon what we have done, evolving, improving, and hopefully creating greater refinements for what we do. To enjoy more of life, to have more freedom in how we lead our lives. So a little metaphor. Life is like a river, and life works out best if you move with the constancy and the direction of the current You can avoid the major obstacles in your way by gently flowing around them. However, if and when you struggle against the current, you get turned around for some reason, and you try to go against it, you are in that moment no longer awake. You are no longer awake in the sense of being conscious to what you are doing. You will have to work incredibly hard to stay afloat in that moment, working against a relentless natural force that will eventually overpower you. And when the current appears to turn against you in life, you must mindfully navigate across it, not against it, because that's the only sustainable option. And as you navigate across it, you will eventually get to the side where you're no longer fighting against the current, where you're no longer in its grip, and you can simply be back in flow. So our year doesn't end abruptly like water pushing up against the the walls of an artificial human-made dam. And it's just another way of expressing a barrier or a social construction that holds us back from going with the flow. Blindly following the herd is a form of blissful stagnation and possibly a slow, uncreative death. And by death, I don't necessarily mean your mortality. I just mean not fully living. You know, in either scenario, a force is blocking your way and controlling your movements by regulating how your life should flow in relation to social conventions and traditions. And so the reason why I did not offer a way forward or anything about goal setting as part of my 2020 personal evolution process review is is twofold. So first... It's the first step in the process that I detailed is about learning from your past year and most importantly, to be in alignment with how you feel about who you have become now in this present moment of your awareness. 
what you have learned about yourself in how you think and how your thinking has hopefully evolved, possibly become more critical, more thoughtful, perhaps more impartial, how you feel, how you're in tune, hopefully more with your emotions, and what you have actually accomplished. What did you do that makes you feel proud or, or joyful or, or impacted other people's lives in a positive way? And that self-examination alone should be a powerful enough testament for you to determine what's next, to see clearly the, the direction, the flow, and the evolution of your life, where it's potentially headed. And the second reason why I didn't offer a way forward is because, first of all, the, the process is a review, meaning looking back. But after a review, and this is the reason, hopefully it'll be in your head, in your mind. You'll be thinking about it. And if that incubates over time what you learned, it'll provide more focus and clarity about what you're committed to creating and what you might choose to stop doing. Because there's always something we can let go of, right? So the question at this point is probably, well, Darren, what about setting goals? How am I going to know what to focus on? Well, there's nothing wrong with setting goals. You can set them at any time in your life. It doesn't always have to be in New Year's. You don't have to wait to read 80 articles to get your life sorted and, and possibly even be more confused about what to do because you read 80 articles with so many different directions. You don't know where to start. Now, in my own experience and in my work as a coach, I've found goal setting to be a daunting and strange exercise. Setting goals has felt at least in the past, unattainable. And a long time ago, I was not taught how to connect my emotional intentions, my purpose, my beliefs, and my values with setting goals until very recently. And let me tell you, it makes a very big difference when I'm focusing on more who I want to be and the, and the outcome of that than something that can be measured so definitively. Not that there's anything wrong with doing that, because sometimes we need to have those kinds of goals. But these core aspects of our humanity, like emotional intention, purpose, beliefs, and values, they contribute far more easily to becoming who more of who you are and to help you create the life you want for yourself with far less emphasis on possessions and quantitative measures. And again, there's nothing wrong with those kinds of goals, but they are not the kinds of goals that lead to human-hearted fulfillment and authentic, individual, human, creative expression. And to be fully transparent, I have studied and used more goal-setting systems than I can count. I have attended Jim Rohn's four-day leadership weekend 15 or more years ago, while he was still alive, I've attended Anthony Robbins' Unleash the Power Within, or whatever it's called, uh, the four-day weekend. I've bought his programs and courses. I was coached by somebody who studied under Michael Port's Book Yourself Solid System. I was coached for a year and went to a live seminar in Vegas for Todd Herman's 90-day year. I've read Gary Keller's book, The One Thing, and so many more. You know, I've also worked with 
private coaches in both the uh, business and life coaching and health and fitness industry. I have spent probably over a hundred thousand dollars um, over the course of my adult life after university in the pursuit of my higher education uh, for this work that I find myself doing now. And all of those things were systems, were templates. And we often do need these systems, systems and templates, if only for a small part of the larger process. But a simple template isn't the solution. There's always so much more. Because what's more important to living the life you desire, you want for yourself, are dependent upon the truths of the success process that I shared in my last episode, the year-end um, review personal evolution process. I'm going to repeat them here because they're so important. The first rule is you cannot put the goal before the action. Second, you cannot put the action before the practice and think of a practice perhaps as a habit or a routine or behavior. And the third rule, you can't put the practice before the process. And finally, your process will fail if you are not in emotional alignment with that process. The process is all the parts that come together that allow you to implement the practice, the action, and make your way towards goal fulfillment or attainment. And that's not a sexy list, right? Like, how do you sell this process and have people jump up and down and go, oh my God, I really want to learn about this. No, it sounds freaking boring, I will admit. But often the greatest truths are a little bit bland and quite simple because they're honest and they're foundational. The truth is setting goals is just one part of a much larger process about who we are. And if you've been setting goals in the past and only maybe accomplishing some of them or just after a month getting frustrated and saying, screw it, it's simply that an aspect of the process for success that I've described one of those aspects is missing. One of those four statements is not quite in alignment for you. And what grounds the process of success is personal transformation and emotional alignment. These two things are individual and they're unique. And just like diets, you know, some diets work for some people some of the time. And sometimes those diets for those people that are working, then stop working because their bodies have then achieved um, a new state and to get to where they want to go next, well, the template has to change. But then they also have to look at the individual measures. For example, if you don't eat red meat or if you are eating gluten-free, you might follow a popular diet, but you have to make these modifications. In other words... A template does not a complete human being make. So please, I want you to understand something really important. There is nothing wrong with you if you don't reach one or any of your goals. There's nothing wrong with you if you don't reach one or any one of your goals. Instead, there's simply something missing from the success process that you haven't considered or that you were never made aware of. Most likely, 
you have been too focused on the abstract thing, the abstract concept being a goal or an outcome. Because quite simply, if we say, I want to make $100,000 next year, how exactly are you going to make exactly $100,000? No, no, no. It's about the process, the emotional intention, the various tasks and habits and actions you have to take that will hopefully build up over time and checking in along the way to see if you're making that progress, to see if you get to, near to, or surpass that goal. But exactly hitting the nail on the head? Highly unlikely. So in this case, this is why the thing is not the thing. The goal is not the thing you're reaching for. A confusing paradox. The thing that you think you want, and in this case, the thing is the manifestation of your goal in the form of more income or a better job or a new car, that thing is not the true object of your focus. There is no object to be truly had. There is only present moment intention. So think not about possessing or having the thing, the result, the state, or the physical object, which takes the form of a goal, as what's meaningful. Instead, I invite you to think about what the process will make of you, how it will transform you into a more evolved human being, along the path to become more of whom you already are, and how you can make a difference in the world of your purview. And if you're curious about how to cultivate your purpose and create meaningful goals in a way that will help you experience more freedom, impact, and joy in 2021, well, feel free to contact me at my website, darrensteel.com, or click the link in the show notes to find out more about how we can work together. Until next time.